souls this is your host your transformational speaker your author and your life coach Lonnie Grant welcome 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 to the breakthrough lounge so this is another great episode of the breakthrough lounge so last week we talked about broken bonds and what that looks like when the bond is broken so we got in depth about my story about my mom and basically how what a broken bond is and what it looks like when that broken bond happens and how that shapes you as an adult and the importance of healing so that that way you will not show up in the world feeling like you're broken so today's episode you guys is you're in for a special treat a big special treat so we have a special guest today by the name of Mr. Anthony Wilson. He's going to come and just share his, just how to rebound from being down and actually help, going back to help people who still down, you guys. So 
this is going to be remarkable. It's about the justice system and, you know, the resources that's out there to help you guys understand your rights and, you know, all that good stuff. So I'm going to let him tell you all about it because that's not my cup of tea. He knows all the tea about that. So I am super excited. So I want to give a huge shout out to Vox Wave Radio, Reggie Ridge, and our phenomenal engineer, Mr. Ron. So super excited about them. I wanted to share with you a few events that we have going on next month, which is Women's Month, you guys. So shout out to all the women out there. It is our month next month. It's our month every month, right? But they highlight us next month. I don't know what's the reason behind March, but they just do. So I actually have an event, you guys, next month called I Am Her Experience. Basically saying, I am her, I am her trouble, I am her divorce, I am her that, you know, that looks bitter, angry, who got healed, I am her, so no judging her, so I want us to come into a space, an intimate space, where women share their I am her experience stories, so just join me. That's going to be an amazing event. It's taking place at the Carolina Kitchen on March the 30th from 4 to 6 p.m. So please reach out to me to get tickets. It's going to be phenomenal. So I'm super excited about that. So we're going straight into our show, you guys. I'm super excited. So, you know, Give this young man all your attention because you're going to learn some a lot of stuff, you guys. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. So I want to go ahead and introduce to you Mr. Anthony Wilson. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. So I'm excited that you, you know, chose to be in the Breakthrough Lounge to share your phenomenal resources in your business and, you know, Tell the people a little bit about yourself and what you got going on. Well, I have a lot going on. All right, that's a good thing. But I always tell my young men and young women that I mentor to, because I mentor in the, in the county and abroad, about the two Ps. You have to be positive and productive. If it ain't positive and productive, it ain't working. And so that's what I try to get out to those who I encounter. Uh, my story is one of hurt, a lot of pain, but coming up out of it to show that just because you've been a victim of the judicial system, you don't have to let it dictate your future and your successes. So, um, story now, the justice system is now being uh, looked at with a microphone, microfine glass because they're seeing out a lot of the wrong has been done. And so I was one of those cases. In 1990, uh, a young man was killed, and I was the scapegoat for uh, the police department. So I know I didn't commit the murder. So when I went into the system, I worked on, I worked on my case. Went in the law library, uh, stayed in the books, trying to find the evidence that would prove that I was innocent. So I reached out to, to the police department, state's attorney's office. They kept telling me my evidence didn't exist. The evidence they supposed to have during the investigation, they told me that it was destroyed three years after my conviction. 
but I stayed persistent. And finally, uh, some 16 years later, I hired a private investigator who actually got my files that set me free. And so now, when I came home, I was, people were asking me, was I bitter? You know, how did I feel about what I went through unjustly? And I, um, something just came on me about the great injustice that I felt happened to me. So I created a business called The Great Injustice Pearl Legal and Consultant Services, LLC. And our motto is, we tip the scale for the innocent and wrongfully convicted. And mm. so, so that's what I got into. And, and um, I went to Howard uh, Law School, obtained my uh, certification as a paralegal, and just started my own consultant business. And so I have my arrays of cases that I have got uh, individuals justice. And I always tell, you know, the judges and prosecutors who I am in front of, I say, I'm not saying everybody's innocent. But what I'm saying, if it happened to me, mm. it could have happened to somebody else. So that's why I'm so, you know, passionate, passionate about, about what I do. And so going through what I, what I went through, I, I was invited to a, a church one time by this lady who heard about about me and she was like I just want you to tell your story I was like man what you want me to tell these people <laughs> you know and I was like I, I, I was wrongfully convicted for something I ain't do she said I just want you to tell you know the congregation and as I was in front of this congregation I didn't know what to say but then the spirit came over me and said your three P's the Joseph story came to me. I had to go to prison to be prepared for my purpose. Mm. Wow, and did y'all <laughs> catch that, you guys? The three Ps. The three Ps. Say it again. I had to go to prison to be prepared for my purpose. And the Joseph story is my story because he had to go to prison, prison. Yes, he did. To be prepared for his purpose. And so when I came out, I saw a disconnect with the, the youth in the community. When I was growing up in Northeast, 8th Street and all that, I, we used to collect beer cans. We used to help the old ladies with their bags and, and, and make our money. Hustling is what we called it. I said, but now these young guys coming to me for, at the 7-Eleven and the gas station, give me a dollar. Back <laughs> in my day, it was just give me a, some change, you know. Give some change. But then you're not even earning this. And so... Me being the person that I am and how I was raised, I said, you know what? I said, something has to be done. I'm not worried about what everybody's doing. I'm going to do what I know I'm supposed to do. So I became accountable for my actions towards the young man who I see that everybody calling a lost generation. So I started a cleaning company called Many Faces. Buffing and cleaning services. <laughs> was you cleaning? No, I wasn't cleaning nothing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I did do was I hired all the individuals that they, that they considered disadvantaged as cast outs, you know, those who come in out the system. I ain't hired nobody but people who were on the street. I would see young guys in front of the gas stations when I was going to prepare to go do jobs. And I was like, what you doing today? Young, he was like, man, I ain't doing that. I said, come with me so you can make some money. Paid him $10 an hour, you know. And what I found was that the money that they was getting, they was using it to get high. 
So they were trying to feed or survive to feed their their yeah, habit. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't notice. I'm learning these things, you know. And so something came over me to start an organization called Fresh. Mm. So that's a nonprofit that I have in Prince George's County, and it stands for Fully Restoring Every Son's Hope. And we come from Romans 12, too. Be not conformed to this world, but renewed by the transforming of your mind. And once I started talking to these young men, I realized that their minds were so distorted mm. that we have to change the way they think so they can look at things much clearer. And so that's what I do in the, in the county now. And we just go around, me and my partner, uh, Curtis Austin, James Hicks, and a few other people that see what I do, and they volunteer. And we, do, we did something last year called Pull Up Your Pants. That one was good. Yeah. That one was good. I remember that. <laughs> and so we had people donate belts to us. And so everybody that came into that particular uh, event that we had had to get a belt and make sure before they left out, their pants was pulled up. And so we taught them about the respect for themselves as well as the community. So now I'm doing a, a book on the justice, the, the justice system, but I call it the injustice system. <laughs> and uh, the name of my, my, the title of my book is called The Great Injustice, Business as Usual. Mm -hmm. And it reflects on how the day-to-day -day process of individuals who find themselves caught up in the system don't really get representation as they should. It's just about the next number. Okay, what are we going to do with this one? Okay, we got another case we're going to do with that one. When a judge sees that, okay, there's a case where I don't believe the evidence really convicts this person. However, we're still going to do what we need to do to make sure the system stays in its quota. Because if a lot of people don't know, the system gets paid by the number of stock they have, if I, if I could say that. So with what I do now, I try to keep individuals from entering the system. So our FRESH program is a proactive program. So we deal with youth 5 to 17, and we try to find those. We don't, we don't wait till they come to us. So what happens with a lot of the organizations that I find is that it's referraled out because someone has got in trouble already. Mm -hmm. So they're already a number. They're a statistic. So now you're trying to rehabilitate somebody that should have never even been in this process okay. position. So what we do is we have parents who call out and say, my son or my daughter is going down the wrong road. They're hanging out the wrong crowd. So we go and try to do our intervention and say, look, you don't want to go down this road. You don't want to become a part of a system that once you become a number, you stuck for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do. Then we started dealing with the returning citizens. So by me being a paralegal and helping individuals come home, I realized they ain't had nothing to come home to. You got a lot of them families done gave up on them. A lot of the, the resources are not being given out to them like they're supposed to be given out to them. So they feel like, man, I'm going to go ahead and do something that, you know, that's contrary to being productive. So with the Fresh program, we started doing reentry workshops where we do resumes for them. We do uh, job interview techniques for them. And what we also learned was that you have to have a relationship with the community business owners. 
because they're coming back out in your community. So I used to tell them when we go meet with them, would you rather be robbed or give them a job? Because they going to get it one way or the other. So, and most of the people that's coming out of the system, they want to work. They looking for jobs, but we keep pushing them away. And so we have a relationship with a lot of business owners. And what we do is we try to tell them that we'll, Fresh will do the assessments, the valuations, make sure they mind right, right. Yeah. and find out what would be the best position for them. Because what I learned was that if you put a barber in a, in a McDonald's uniform, he ain't going to stay there long. And so you got to find a person's niche and then make sure that they get into the right fit or what they want to do. So do you offer them mentorship after that? Like, is it a consistency of I'm out, I need help, you know, you found me a job, but I'm still struggling in some other areas? We, we try to stay consistent with keeping in contact because okay. most, most organizations, they send you out, all right, you're on your own now. But that's not how you should do it because everybody needs constant help, constant intervention, constant communication, just like a relationship. Right. When you get the woman or you get the man, you're just going to stop doing what you did to get them? No, no you got to continue to doing what you're doing to keep that relationship going. And so with the individuals that we get, we'll call, check on them, and how you doing? You know, if you, if you need us, we're still here. You know, we tell them we're not trying to, you know, oversee nobody just came out of prison so you ain't trying right. to have nobody on your back we understand that but we just want to know that that you know that fresh still here to support you yeah and so we're here for that so. okay so how long has your organization been in existence uh fresh was established in 2013 okay and when i established it i just started going out to all the little juvenile facilities and uh returning citizen facilities and say look my name is mr wilson this is my situation i want to talk to these individuals to inspire them to let them know that regardless of what you've been through regardless of where you at now doesn't determine your destiny and so that's what i started doing and then okay. press was just basically just come people saw me doing my my outreach and, and my positive you know uh stuff for the community and people just started coming along and said look i want to be a part of this and then we officially became a nonprofit in 2017. okay yeah. so you might be looking for donations and all that good stuff grants and i need some grants yes I need, if, <laughs> if, if 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 you can go on our page our page is called the fresh program so it's on facebook and then you can go on our website. It's called FullyRestoringEverySonsHope.org. And one, you can yep. see what we do there. We have done everything for the last six years with little or no funding. Everything has come through either donations. Somebody might have gave us some uh, uh, GoFundMe uh, uh, con contributions. But we've been doing our thing. And what the thing that... You know, my team saying is that, look, if we had more, just imagine what we can do if we had more support from a community or business owners or corporations, then we could touch a lot of more lives. Yeah, because I think the program is really needed, especially um, the different components of mental capacity, too, because you notice when people are coming home, the mental, you know, they're going out and you're trying to help them, but their mind... <laughs> it's just so like it's not there because they have gone through so much trauma 
in there. They have gone through trauma before then. And it's like trying to get them like, hey, you know, it's different out here since you've been in. So how can we help you mentally? Yeah, that's what that's what I had to learn because when I when I returned back as a return to citizen, everybody was telling me that it was like I was never gone nowhere. <laughs> I, I had to go see like three psychiatrists for you know the things I had to go through and all the psychiatrists told me they was like, Ain't nothing wrong with you and I was like, <laughs> For real? And one psychiatrist told me, she was like, You gonna adjust very quickly back to society based on my interactions with you. Okay. And so what I did learn, though, with the individuals I did encounter based on what you was just saying was I never knew about the mental health part, dealing mm. with the mind. And so I didn't know a lot of people because of their past, far as family bringing in the, the part of being incarcerated that when you incarcerate, I always tell people you're in a stop mode. I mean, your life is stopped, but everybody else's life in the world it's is just moving. moving. So when you come back out now, you got computers, you got Phone. iPhones, you got everything is like instantly. And so I, I was talking to my team and I said, this is what I wanted. We, we're trying to start a curriculum where we want to teach those who come at home how to use their phones. Because a lot of the guys who come home, They'll call me and be asking me how to, man, how you do this? And I'm like, man, I said, you know, we got to do it. We got to do a curriculum on that to teach them how to use their computers and things of that nature. But um, the mental part is very, very deep. It's crucial. It's, man, I, I didn't know see, how to do Yeah, and we're seeing it more and more, you know, out here, you know. And some of them, I don't know if it's being scared to now go and get those services to get help to really identify, like, I'm suffering. If it's PTSD, it's something like, get help. Yeah, well, even with me, I always used to think psychiatrists, if you go see a psychiatrist, you was crazy. But then I realized that it wasn't. You having a, a, an opinion from a person who is unbiased. If you go to your girlfriend or one of your buddies they about it, they're going to be biased. Man, leave that alone. Man, I, because they know you. But uh, someone who doesn't know you, they're hearing your story for the first time. They don't know your situation. And hearing it for the first time, they can give you a more objective opinion or, or, or the, a way how you should deal with that particular situation. Which is true, which is very much true. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. That's good stuff. So, how can the viewers reach you or learn more about, you know, your program by going online? What is your website? And stuff? Well, I, um, I, I do a lot of stuff on Facebook. I ain't never liked Facebook. When I, when I, when I came back, I was like, Facebook? I don't want nobody in my business. This ain't, this my book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I was, I was told that that's, that's what's happening. That's, that's the order how you get your stuff out now instantly. So so what I did was I don't put no personal stuff on Facebook every now and then, but what I use it for is my platform to get out to the community what is needed to better our community. And so if you want to reach me, you can go on to, I have three uh, sites on Facebook. I got uh, the Great Injustice Pearling Consultant Services, LLC. I have Fresh, Pro, uh, Fresh, Fresh Program, and I have a book that I didn't discuss because that's a little soft right there, though. But okay. I, wrote a, I wrote a book on relationships. 
It's called Learning to Use Your Eye Over Your E-Regard Relationships. And okay. yeah, this book was written based on uh, a lot of my uh, female friends who were allowing these guys to come into their lives and basically just had them go crazy. And I'm like, you got to make better choices and decisions. And so that's how this book was, was brought about. And so when I have an idea, I, be, I believe in being creative. Yeah, 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 bring it to fruition. My thing yeah. is your thoughts. It's just your thoughts until you bring it into manifestation. Mm -hmm. So I believe in if it's something that I want to do, I'm going to do gonna it. You're going to do it. You're going to get it done. I'm going to get it done. That's good. That's execution. Exactly. That's what's up. Okay. I'm excited. So if anybody have any questions out there, feel free to call us right now at 240-719-2560. Any questions that you may have, do not be scared. Just call in and ask your questions, and we're going to answer them. Exactly. We got a family member that's incarcerated. Uh, I just got off the phone coming up here with a guy who had a question about uh, a, a, a drug program, and I was telling him that for me, uh, dealing with the individuals who have been through this program is very helpful. You know, and a lot of people be like, man, I'm just trying. Nah, sometimes... The thing you think you don't need is the thing that will help you the most. And so I tell a lot of guys, I say, when they ask me questions, they be like, Tony, you think, man, I need, I say, yeah, you need all that. You need all that. You need all of it. Yeah, you know, and so don't. So you have a man. solid case. You know, they got to see that you're doing certain things, right? Yeah. So you could come to court and like, okay, you went through this, you're working, you went through this program. Yeah. Can't come there empty-handed. Yeah, I remember the prosecutor who had my case and um, she asked me one day, because she started seeing me in court all the time. And so she didn't know I was coming. I would come back and testify for guys about how they could be productive, how they could help with the program, talk to the younger generation about what they've been through to try to prevent them from going down that road. And I remember uh, one of the prosecutors, she, uh, she uh, asked me, she said, um, are you bitter? You know, and I said, I'm going to show you how bitter I am by the work I do for the guys that I still in. And every time I go to court, she'll look and say, you on this case too? Yes, I am. <laughs> you know, and like I said, you know, I always tell the guys, this is the thing that I learned, right? Dealing back with the mental. When I would get a case, I know how to do the case. I know how to help the attorneys find issues to get the guys back in, in, in court. But what I always wanted to do was know their mind. So when I used to go visit, I wouldn't even talk to him about the case. I'm not here to talk about the case. I got the case. I want to know who am I helping out because I don't want to help somebody that's going to come out, have me work hard to get you for what you're crying about being in, then come right back out, do something to get you back Imagine. into the place you cry out to help, for me to help you get you out of. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Right. And so I had to get to know the minds of the individuals who I was helping. And so, so far, you know, uh, a lot of the individuals that's come home, yeah, it's been tough. And I always tell these individuals, just take it one day at a time. That's it. And just make every day count. Just always put right down, say, this is what I'm going to do today. Get that done. Then the next day, get something else. Don't try to put everything in no one bag and try to get everything done because you're not. You're not. You know. And Ain't going to overwhelm yourself. And then some, that makes people give up, too. Yeah. When you put too much on your plate and you think you could do it all, like, no, you didn't do it all in there, did you? Nah. So don't come out here and play Superman. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, take one day at a time. One of the things that I was going to ask you, do you find that 
a lot of people that you help is a generational cycle. Have you noticed like talking to them and then you talk, hear their past and you're like, okay, your dad was into, mm -hmm. or your mom or your aunt, and then it becomes, they think that this is their norm. Yeah, and that's why we came out with uh, a fresh uh, program where you gotta transform the thinking, the minds of the individuals because most of these young men think it's cool to go to prison. But when they go to prison, guess who they calling? Mommy, Mommy, daddy, or they calling me. And now I'm saying. Or the girlfriend. <laughs> Ain't no girlfriends. Yeah. You, I, I, t <laughs> I, 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 tell the, I tell the guys that when, they, when you in, when I was in, I didn't have a girlfriend. I had friends who supported me through the process. You don't have no girlfriends in prison. <laughs> I don't know where they get that from, you know. And so what I try to, you know, convey to them is that you have to stay focused on what is important, which is getting out of there. You can't worry about what's going on out here. But I also tell them that when you have people on the outside supporting you, you have to appreciate them. So with those generational curses, those young men who end up going in there, after they thinking it's cool to get locked up or commit a particular crime, then they realize, man, son, this ain't, man, I'm trying to get a body. You should have thought about that before you made that decision. So that's what the Fresh program does is that we try to instill in them through our workshops about your choices. Because mm -hmm. every decision you make, consequences follow, whether that's good it. or bad. Good or bad. Good you or know? bad. Good or bad. And so that's what we try to convey to them to try to keep them on the right track. Okay. That's what's up. So, you guys, we're going to take a short commercial break. Uh, we will be right back. Don't go nowhere because we have more to come. So, see you in like a few minutes, just a few minutes. In 2018, I personally helped several people reclaim their healthy lives with a ketogenic lifestyle. Together with our team, Wakaya Perfection, we've helped over 4,000 people struggling with weight loss to burn off unwanted fat naturally and control hypertension, type 2 diabetes, and high cholesterol with our Bula Fit Keto Fuel Shake and High Impact Ginger and Turmeric. Contact me for yours, buttons, aboutthatketolife.com. That's B U T T O N S B O U T T H A. K-E-T-O-L-I-F-E dot -E com or call at 202-875-3926. Weight loss expectations are approximately one to two pounds per week. Individual results can and will vary. Welcome back, everybody, to the Breakthrough Lounge. Again, I am your host, your author, your transformational speaker and life coach, Lonnie Grant. And today, you guys, we have a special guest here, Mr. Anthony Wilson, who's speaking to us about the justice system and the different resources and the different businesses that he has that he can help people pro being in a proactive stage of before you get into the system. We don't want you to get into the system. 
but he also have resources when you're a returning citizen. So we're, we're you know, back and, you know, we want to know, do you have any events that's coming up that you want the people to know about? Yes. Okay. So um, right now, Fresh uh, is waiting on a particular grant situation to happen that will deal with juveniles. Okay. And what we want to do with the juveniles is we want to have them become part of the process of the political process to understand their voting rights, to understand how to create bills to introduce to, leg to the legislators, to go up to the House in Annapolis to see how uh, evidence is presented, how documents is presented, how testimony is presented to your, your representatives. We pick these individuals or elect them to represent us, but you have the power because you elected them to represent you. you yeah. And so that's one of the things that Fresh is doing now. The second thing is April the 6th is our tentative date. We're doing a curriculum called Fresh Start, Fresh Thinking. Mm. And yeah, so we wanna we wanna get the young men and the young ladies in the county to understand that you're not a lost generation. Stop thinking that way. So we want to bring a curriculum into those individuals that will be participating in this uh, uh, workshop and event that we're going to show them ways to think more positively and how to possess those things that they are designed to have. Because a lot of these young men, young women, we talk to them, they have, they smart. Of course. They very, very intelligent. Smart. And I'll be very like. Very talented. Exactly. And, and I'm like, why are you not? And they'll be like, man, nobody believes in me. It's nobody. the support. It's support. I think it's the support system. Yeah. Because everybody wants somebody to believe in believe them. Believe in them. You know. Yeah. You know. And so um, I remember when um, I was uh, mentoring this young man. And um, he wouldn't say too much or nothing to me. You know, I would come get him, take him out. He was just very quiet. It's like one word, yeah, my mother. And so I had to gain his trust. And maybe like the first time we went to go see a movie called Black Panther. And he wanted to go see it. So his mother called me. She was like, he's trying to go see Black Panther. I said, tell him I'm coming to get him. And so when I came to get him, after that movie, it's like he opened up. Yeah, I want to go see that again. Man, it's, and I was like, what? And so sometimes it takes a certain thing to break that barrier. Yeah. You know, to break that cycle. And so that's what it was. And then him and the man, this young man, we just started talking. And he started coming out, helping me with my, I called him. I said, look, I got an event coming up. He was like, we did an event called What Are You Thankful For? We did that during the Thanksgiving holiday to show the, 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 the youth that, no matter what you're going through in your life, there's something to be thankful for. Yeah. And so he came and helped us out with that event. And so a lot of young men and, and young ladies, because when I started the program, it was geared to, to young men. Okay. <laughs> but all mm -hmm. of all leave the us mother, right on out. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the slack that I, I kept getting <laughs> the, about the, the, the mothers. Like, what about our daughters? And then we just incorporated the young ladies. So we got this thing that we do called show her respect okay and so we do this skit where you know how a uh, young lady may be walking down the street looking good you know 
and you be like, hey, what's going on? And she she might say hi, and then you be like, what's your name? And then she be like, I got a boyfriend. Well, F you be, you know what I'm saying? And there is disrespect. So we asked the guys, you know, why did you call her a B? Man, she wouldn't talk to me. But if she would have talked to you, would she have been a B then? He was like, well, I said, so what makes the difference? So then we do the skit again, and then we have the young lady walk down, and he said, hey, how you doing? I'm good. What's your name? My name is such and such. You got a boyfriend? Yes. Man, tell him he's a lucky guy. Tell him, man, don't mess up while I'm here. You know, to show the difference of how you appreciate your queen. You appreciate your female because you have a mother. You know, Not you got a sister. sister. You got aunts if you have them. So don't ask for what you're not giving out. Right. And so most people say, you got to respect my mother. Did you respect that young lady there? Did you respect that? And that's why I love, like, I have a granddaughter. So that's my baby right there. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm basically, like, teaching her. Like, she's spoiled, but I teach her that certain things you have to earn. Like, she'll be like, Papa, I want that. And I'll be like, you got to clean that up. And she'll be like, I say, that's how you earn. You can't get everything because right. if you, if you, even if she's learned, know that a man's supposed to treat her like a, a queen, she still has to know that she still has to earn certain things, too, right. on her own. You that's know. why I started so young. You know, it is so important that we instill those tools in our children. Like some people get caught up in the material things like, well, I get them the new Jordans, I get them the new this. And I'm like, no, what about the manners? What about just life skills? What about those things? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. They don't have, the kids don't have that. Like, what's going on? So that's something that the Fresh program is, is, has now. We got something called life skills. So I remember talking to a young lady, and she said her son don't even know how to go in and, and change something like a, a screw in the, in the sink uh, uh, oh, knob. Oh, yeah. You know, and when, when I was growing up, me and my brothers, we was, we was with our father. He was like, come here, boy. This is how you do this. You got to go under the sink. And even if you wasn't with your biological dad, there was uncles, there were people in the household, in the community, that you had to cut the grass. That yeah. was, you had to, you know, shovel the snow next door for yeah. Miss, you know, Miss Jardine next door. You, it's just, they didn't do that. You know, yeah. those, those older people didn't have to do that because those young men in the community did that. Yeah, I, I always, always, with me doing law, the first thing I do when I get a case, I always ask, my client, how did you become a suspect? Because you just can't, the police or the feds can't right. just magically say, you did this. <laughs> so there's a starting point with everything in life. Like you know, when you meet out. people, what led to yep. you meet this person, what led to you wanting to start this show, what led to you, it's always a starting point. And so when we got away from the village raising our child, like, when we was growing up, we would get a whooping by the next door neighbor who was like our aunt, and then you get the next whooping when your mother come home because they were basically watching over the village. But now if you try to correct a child, the parents want to, don't, don't do that to my child. But then if something bad happens to the child or something, well, why you ain't do nothing? Where was oh. the adults at? That's Hold the on. first thing. Yeah, we, we, we can't have it both ways. Either yeah. we're going to stay straight to the point or we ain't going to have it at all. And so 
that's the thing, you know, like even with my granddaughter, she gets away with things with my daughter, even if she's watching. Yeah, you let her get away <laughs> with it. And But she sees the difference of how my granddaughter reacts to me telling her something when we're around opposed to her, you know. And so I, I, have, I have a thing where I'm going to give what I want. Even with my granddaughter being four years old, I still have to give her the respect. Excuse me, can you do this? Because most mm -hmm. of our time, we think, we, even though they're kids, do that, do that. Yeah. But you're not showing them the right way of how you ask for things to get done, too. So yeah. you have to be very That's careful. That's so true. Because even, like, back in the day, like, the older folks, you know, they didn't give you much of a voice. So it kind of, like, hindered us a little bit where now being adults, when people ask you things or just basic communication, you're mute. Because you're like, okay, well, I don't need to talk. And people are like, well, what's wrong with that person? They were shown how to be mute yeah. growing up because it was always stay out of grown folks' conversations. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be in this room. You need to be seen and not heard. All of those type of things. And it started to shape people. And now you see people in their 40s, 50s who don't really know how to communicate. And people look at them like, well, they 50. They should know better. But they was taught that. Exactly. They didn't know how to ignite their voice. So now you're asking them at this age that they have a voice and they're like, do I? Yeah, I got what you're saying because with me, even when I do speaking engagements with our program, I tell my team, let the kids interact. Let them engage us. Because when we was growing up and we was being talked to by somebody came into school, be like, man, when they get them out of here. Uh, I don't want to so, listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> but if you get the kids to engage you as you're speaking to them, they become a part of the process. They become a part of the thing that's happening. And so that's what I learned. The second thing is that when I had a, I had a young man who mother called out to me. I get a lot of mothers that call out <laughs> to me. They help their, their sons. And so, and the love for, I don't know if you got sons. I know you got sons. Yeah. But the love for a mother for her son, there's no other love like that in this world. I mean, I had to experience it through the, the stuff that I'm in and, and helping the community. But I had a case where this mother called out to me. The judge was about to send this, this boy to jail. I asked the judge, I said, give him to Fresh for 30 days. And it goes back to what you were saying about being examples. Every day I picked that young man up from his house. He rolled with me to see everything I did from process serving, from going to court hearings, to having meetings with judges, with prosecutors, with lawyers. And so he saw these things. We end up getting him registered to vote. We end up having him sign up to get his GED. He ended up taking his learners, got his learners, all this in 30 days while he was with me. So what goes back to what you were saying is that you have to be the example. My, my granddaughter, I learned from her that kids are sponges. They follow you. They see you Everything. do something. That's what they're going to do. And that's why they say, do what I, do what I tell you, but not what I, what I, do what I say, but not what I do. If your kids send you doing a certain activity, they're going to be like, well, you did it. Yeah. So you have to, you have to set, that, set that example. But this young man, he, he did what he did. He needed to do for those 30 days. And, man, his mother thanked me. He's working now. You know, he has, he has a child now. But that's the thing that I always get all, get, point out to my team is that be an example, a positive example. 
to those who are going to encounter fresh because we want them to make sure that we have a lasting positive impact on their lives so yeah it's important that you know just even for myself being a dance teacher and an educator same thing you know putting those principles showing them how to be on time how to prep for audition mm -hmm. you know all of those type it's my job it's my duty because your parents are paying me yeah. you know not only just to show your child how to do choreography and how to take lessons but to show you the overall experience in this industry how you supposed to take a class how do you walk into a studio i tell them all of that so sometimes you know i get parents to say oh she's too strict and it's like no it's the village going back to the village if your kids was not in front of you and you dropped them off a certain place you expect them to hold the same standards that you would at home you would want them to get on your kids so i found even in my industry where people would well, don't say this to my child you said it like this and you like well what's going on here like you know and all we had was the boys and girls club you guys all we had was the rec center and those people can say anything to us. We we dared not to run into the house and say, oh, Mr. S Mr. Wilson said this to me. Your mother kick you out of the yes. house and say, oh, Mr. Wilson had to say something to you? Oh, you get yourself upstairs and go to bed, and I'm going to whoop you when I get up there. Because they knew if Mr. Wilson said something to you, it was for a reason. Yes, yes. Nobody just was picking on kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we really got to get back to that village, you know, because... We're seeing more kids go into the system because nobody can't say anything to them. Yeah. You know, everybody is like, don't say nothing to my child. And it's like, I see it and I want to pull them up and I see that they need help. But now I may get jumped. You get you get people literally out, feel like they want to help. But they're like, hold on, these group of kids may jump me. Okay. You know, these, this family members now coming to my house, and all I did was intervene in trying to help another kid. Yeah. So you just made me think about one of our other curriculums. We deal with gang prevention. And so because the village is not there anymore, no one is being accountable for how our kids act, how they are in the streets. Now the gangs are get, getting them. And so what I learned from... The guys who I talked that was in gangs, they didn't even want to be in the gangs. They just were saying the gangs was showing them more love than they mm -hmm. was getting at home. And then, but I had to explain to them. I said to, to to the guys who were in the gangs, I said, who would say they love you, but then ask you to go do an act or commit a particular action that will cause you either to hurt somebody or cause you to go to jail? I said that's not love. And they was like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I said exactly. So we got, a, we got a, um, a program where we're dealing with trying to get these kids to understand that gangs are not the, the, the road that you should go down because most of the times when you go in them, it's hard to get, get out, out of them. Of them. Yeah. And so, um, but and they'll take any type of love because you get some people that's like, I just want to fit in. Fit in. That's what it is. I just it's, it. it's being a part of something, something. right? And that's the one thing I can say that about myself. I had I had a lot of friends growing up, but I never would I never had to be the person that had to fit in. Like I I tell people like I didn't do go go's, I didn't go to clubs, I didn't go to strip clubs, I didn't do none of that. But all my buddies and them, you know, they was like, 
man, Slim Tony, man, Slim, Slim do his own thing. You know, I didn't smoke weed. I didn't smoke the bow. I didn't drink. I didn't do any of those things. And so to this day, I'm still friends with a lot of them. And they said, man, I wish I was like you, man. I ain't, all of them, you know, they did their thing. And they it's a choice. Them. Yeah. Again, it's a, it's a choice. choice. But the point is that I wasn't succumbed to peer pressure. So when they were out there and you passing the joint around, they passing me, I'm good. Man, you ain't smoke. I ain't smoking nothing. You know, man, passing the bottle around. Man, you, I'm not drinking nothing. So I made that decision. But most people feel like, I got to fit in. Fit into what? Make your own decisions. Be your own man. You be the trendsetter. You be the trailblazer. And that's how I always been. That's why all my friends to this day, they respect me because they say, man, you always did it your way. And that's what most of our youth need to hear, that you don't have to fit in. You know, you see something, you know, it looks cool. That doesn't mean it fits you. You don't have to do it. You just, you know, go your other way. People will talk about you a lot of the times, you know, and that's, I think people are scared of that. Even as adults, people, adults go in places and like, you know, you don't belong there, but you want to fit in. It's like, it's okay being alone. It's, it's, it feel good, it's too crowded at the bottom. I don't wanna fit in down there. So people do need to be reminded like, you don't always have to be in the in crowd. Exactly. It is okay. Because right. at the end of the day, when you get in trouble, you don't, the in crowd gonna snitch on you. The yeah. in crowd gonna pull you in some foolishness you ain't wanna be a part of. And then you look up and like, well they not, didn't even have my back. And I was so pressed to be over there with them. Yeah, so you take me back to a discussion I had maybe like two weeks ago. And um, I had a, a friend that was telling me about somebody that didn't like them because of a certain reason. And so I told a friend, I said, so what does you care about her liking you? <laughs> well, she need to call me because she didn't call me. I, I said, you know what? I said, you know what's wrong with, with this world? People look to be validated. And the word came to me about being valid. I never cared really. You know, people care a little bit. You yeah, know. you care. I ain't going to say know. not that. But to the point where somebody's opinion really freaking matters to me. Like, like okay, it, it, all right. It yeah. your whole spirit. Spirit. Like, like they're not caring about me is going to change me. That I still got to pay my bills. I still got to live my life. I still got to do certain things. And so I was telling my friend, I said, She's showing you who she is, but she, but you allow her to have control over your life right in this moment yeah. because you're talking to me about why she didn't call you. I don't want to hear that. I'd be like, thank you, Lord. One next friend I, well, person who posted been somebody friend, click next. next. And so that's the thing that I want to really get across to a lot of these uh, young men and young women that are fresh start fresh thinking is about being validated because People always want to feel like they're wanted, that they're needed, that they're important, that they're part of something, you know. And that's, if you look at all the movies, everybody always want to feel like, if you look at the movies, like, uh, it, it was the girl, the, uh, the little white girl, she she had bumped her head and thought she was beautiful or something, but... Oh, um... Uh, but she thought she, she was, thought she but was, she, she really, really wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. And so she was, you know, she wanted to be something, and by her hitting her head, she thought she was. But the whole time, you always supposed to stay in your place of royalty, of your place of queenship, or your place of kingship. Nobody, I'd be like, okay, what does the other person's opinion matter? I, I, 
I really be trying to get this across to people because I be like, it, but it, it is, it, it is a hard thing because yeah. um, I even take it back. I always tell people about the childhood trauma that I mm -hmm. went through. The, and I talked about this last week on the show, even that broken bond between me and my mother, how the first woman who's supposed to show you that validation, yeah. that mm -hmm. love or how to connect, you, you miss it. It's broken. It's gone. Mm -hmm. So now you start going through the world trying to attach to anything that's gotcha. like, oh, you know, you know, I'm good over here. Yeah. I'm good over here. You just start going in these places, always looking for stuff. So I learned when I went through my life coaching um, sessions that I had I had to heal her, heal that little girl in me so that I wouldn't go around looking for those things and just be okay with the adult Lonnie mm -hmm. and be okay with that. And until I started to heal, that's when I stopped showing up in places looking for, I'm here. Don't you see me? Mm -hmm. You ain't tell me I was pretty. You didn't tell me this. And that's what you see a lot of because they're looking for that current validation, but they showing up in other places. Yeah. It's, a, it's a gospel song that, I had uh, given to a friend about a couple of weeks ago. They, because a lot of people call out to me for inspiration, and people always say I'm always positive, which I am. I don't like no negativity. And so my word for that person, and it was a male. I said it's a gospel song. Say, encourage yourself. Mm. I said mm, because I, I might not be here to give you your words of encouragement. So sometimes you have to rely on the creative process of your spirit and who had created us to get your encouragement but I go back to what you were saying about the broken bond between you and moms in my book learning to use your eye over your e regarding relationships I have a part in there that says a daughter's father should be the first man she falls in love with and he should be a man that shows his daughter what a real man looks like and that's why I'm so glad I'm in my granddaughter's life because she knows the love my daughter says she, she said your granddaughter loves you and I show her even though I have my points of being a disciplinary I still know how to show her how I'm going to love you she uh, papa pick me up pick me up and sometimes I pick her up and sometimes she said papa I said no papa I said can't get it all the time you know so I'm showing her that every time you ask for something you can't get it and so that's the thing about being broken like me some people ask me how am I still surviving after doing, you know, that stint within the system? And I said, because I had the power of God that resided in me to get me through that process. And then when that prosecutor asked me, was I bitter? Because in her mind, she's saying, for you to went through that, knowing you ain't do that, I know you feel in a certain type of way. But I wouldn't let that become a negative aspect. I changed it into a positive aspect. Mm -hmm. And so that's why now I'm so adamant about getting guys out of prison. You know, and like, look, I want y'all to come home. Because a lot of guys come home and say, man, uh, I owe you. I said, you don't owe me nothing. All you owe me is to come home and live your life. That's it. You don't owe me. It wasn't me. Yeah, it, it was wasn't God. me. It was God. He's, this I'm ain't just got a vessel. nothing to do with me. I'm just a vessel being used. And um, I worked on a case maybe like about three years ago, the guy came home. Uh, he was found to be innocent of the charge. I'm not going to mention the case, but the guy called me and thanked me. You know, he said, look, when it, when it happens, I got you. I said, look, 
It ain't about that. You know, it's about if it, there's a wrong, I want to make it right. I know how I feel to sit somewhere knowing you didn't do something. And that the whole time the system is playing with your freaking life. And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, y'all telling me my stuff destroyed. Y'all telling me it ain't was this. What you mean? Y'all collected it to convict right. me. But now where, where is that now? And so the process played out. And so now I just love what I do. I love when I go to court and that judge says, new trial. I love when I go to court and they say, reverse. I love when I go to court and they say, time served. I love when I go to court and they say, we are remanded, sent to the drug program. I love when I go back and they say, life suspend all but such and such time. You're free to go. That's my reward for everything I've been through, to see those guys get a second chance at life. And that's what it's about in teaching them that yes, I was a you know a blessing to you. Now you have to be a blessing to somebody. Yeah. To somebody else. It's not for it to stop. You know, you you're coming back thanking me, but I'm just a vessel. My thanks and my rewards come when you now go get somebody else. What are you gonna do? Don't just yeah. leave it. Yeah, but somebody. So a lot, a lot of them not built for that process. But yeah. it can be so many different ways you go back and help somebody. It may not be in the capacity that you're serving yeah. in because, like you said, everybody don't have the mental and everybody, that's not their mission. That's not their assignment. Yeah. But even if it's telling somebody about you, that's, that's a blessing in itself. Don't keep it a secret. Don't yeah. like, oh, I'm just saving it for myself because he helped me. No, 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 no. Be a blessing to somebody else. Yes. You know, and, you know, so it can, you know, the blessings just flow different ways. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm dealing with a lot of guys that are coming home, and we still got to deal with that mental. And so yeah, your, that your, mental. your program is so important about having that being broken, but not letting it keep you keep, down. Yeah. How you come out. Of, of that situation and can basically use your past hurts to be a healing process for others. And that's why I like, I love your, your program setting, you know, and I, that's definitely, definitely. Uh, oh, be thank a, you. It's going to definitely be instrumental to a lot of lives. And that's my be. goal. You know, people, you know, just like they ask you, they ask me all the time, like, how did you know? And I'm like, I knew God wanted me, you know, to do more than what I was doing just because my mother chose to be on drugs or I didn't know who my father was at mm. the time. That didn't dictate, you know, mm -hmm. the plan that he had on my life. He had, you know, something whole bigger. I didn't even know about the Breakthrough Lounge. I didn't know about BD yeah. After Broken. This is all him. This is all him. So I'm just doing his will, doing what, you know, he's asked me to do, and I'm going to continue to um, do it. Yeah. And hopefully in the future I could come in and work, you know, with your program and be able to help some of the young ladies to find their beauty yeah. after being broken and helping them to heal and let them know, like, you're not your past. Yes. You're good. So... This was an amazing show, you guys. This is the second, the third episode of the Breakthrough Lounge. And again, we are just so excited to have Mr. Anthony William, uh, Wilson here with us, you guys, to share 
you know, about it. If you didn't get the um, chat, you know, get into the live, go back and, you know, do the replay and reach out to him. So can you let our viewers know again how they can reach you? Don't be blowing my phones up, but <laughs> I will give you my number. <laughs> to reach me by phone uh, for the FRESH program is 240-938-2166. For my paralegal services is 443-854-4883. And you can go on to Facebook and reach me at the FRESH program, or you can reach me at my paralegal service, the Great Injustice Paralegal and Consultant Services LLC. You can also go on to our uh, webpage is fully restoring every sons s o n s hope dot org. Awesome, awesome, you guys. So again, I am your host, your transformational speaker, author, and life coach, Lonnie Grant. So I can be reached at 240-547-4358 or beautyafterbroken.com. So if you're looking to be a guest in the Breakthrough Lounge, that is how you can reach me. I look forward to seeing you guys next week for another amazing show in the Breakthrough Lounge. I love you guys. Have a beautiful night.